<laughs> it's playtime! Hey kids, it's me, Quacker Jack. I'm uh, I hate to support that demented duck and say that you're listening to Saint Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. But it's better than playing Whittle Boy. Besides, Mr. Banana Brain says it's really a great show, Joe. <laughs> Now look here, Mr. Quackerjack. You're not gonna. You are taking that wine down, are you, Launchpad? Oh, guess you are. Darkwing Duck won't let you get away with this. Darkwing who? Oh, oh yes, him. Oh, I suspect he's too busy folding doilies to care about my little crime spree. Forgetting something, aren't you, Cracker Jack? Anybody try to stop me because today it's playtime. Welcome to the St. Canard Files, the Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Will Santana. We don't need that other guy today. It's going to be all me talking about my beloved favorite villain of all time, Quacker Jack. Do you want to join? I don't really need you today, do I? Aww. All right. Okay. And my <laughs> co host is. Hey, I'm Mike Russo, and when you have $10 million in your checking account, you can have any toy you want. That's right. Get on Quacker Jack. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Mike, I am super duper excited today. We finally got to my boy. <laughs> yeah, you've been waiting a long time for this. Oh, yeah, man. And uh, did you catch the promo at the beginning of this one? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, it's really cool you got him, too. Yeah, that man, was I... That was awesome. Yeah, I didn't get it until the the last day of Galaxy Con, man. You know, like I he he didn't know me, and I was working for him for like you know two three days, and then that third day I was like, I'm gonna go for it, you know, shoot my shot, and he said yes. <laughs> Fantastic! I'm so I'm so glad you got those. And um, yeah, I want to brag a little bit. The uh, promos we've done for um Tad and Katie and Terry and Michael, um, I've actually had the honor of writing those for them. Yeah, man. Um, so I can say <laughs> I've put dialogue in Launchpad Honker and Quacker Jack's mouth. Yeah, you that's sure act- have. <laughs> that's act- I mean, you know, it's it's them, the voice actors who are saying these things, and they're the ones who should get the credit, and they're amazing. But I feel very honored I've gotten to write something for them to say. As small as it was, I mm-hmm. think that's very cool. <laughs> yeah, and you write all the descriptions for all our episodes, too. Yes, I do. That actually, yeah. I, it takes me a while to think of exactly what I want to say, the descriptions and the character of the weeks too. Yeah, man, uh, I'm gonna try my best to stay composed for this episode. It's not one of my favorite Quacker Jack, but it's our first one, so you know I've been waiting to, oh my god, yeah. just to hear his voice and talk it's a about landmark. it. <laughs> yeah, it's a landmark man. episode because he's finally here. Mm-hmm. The episode is called Days of Blunder, and I'm sure it has something to do with that tom cruise movie <laughs> yeah uh, days of thunder perhaps yeah was I'm that actually... the... go ahead mm-hmm. go ahead mike go ahead no i was gonna say i'm actually um i actually like the um the simpsons uh version of that title more saturdays of thunder the soapbox racer episode 
Mm-hmm. So this is <laughs> this is the same thing. It's still it's it's all Days of Thunder. I think with the Quacker Jack episodes, this one's kind of like in the middle. It's not a bad one. It's not a great one. But if it, we're gonna specifically take the five solo Quacker Jack episodes, this is definitely in the middle of the pack for sure. Yeah. There's one, Mike. I'm gonna have a hard time defending that one. I'm gonna try. <laughs> yeah, if you if people know me from my days of writing Darkwing Duck reviews. Mm-hmm. I think they know which one I don't like, and it's the same one you don't. But we are we're really far away from that one, so yeah, yeah we want to. We have it. we have we have time. Okay, but yeah, man, let's go ahead and get into it a little bit. Uh, not a little bit. Let's get into it. I'm I'm excited, man. This is Days yeah. of Blunder. Uh, when was the production and air date for this episode, Mike? Okay, the original air date was Tuesday, October first, nineteen ninety one, and this is deep into production. This is the forty first in production order. Oh, wow. Which is the only one we've done that's been later than this one was um, Home Appliances, Revolution and Home Appliances, mm. um, which was, I think, 47th or something like that. Um, this is actually, if you're just going by the numbers, we're just playing the numbers game here. This mm-hmm. is the third Quacker Jack episode. Um, okay. With a While You Work, which is technically his origin episode, and Toys R Us, they both came first, and then this one. But... Like I've said a few times before, I don't think the numbers mean all that much. This one has a higher production number, but I definitely think it was probably written and possibly finished first. Mm-hmm. Only because a lot of little things that make up Quacker Jack aren't here in this episode. Yeah, it's missing because I remember you even messaged me. Uh, did he say his catchphrase? I'm like, nah, he did not on this one. Yeah, he does not say it's playtime even once. There is no Mr. Banana Brain in this episode, and there are no no toy teeth. Mm-hmm. So I get the impression this is probably the first one written with Quacker Jack, even though the uh, production number was so high. It feels like it was. But, you know, I could be wrong. It's my fan theory, basically. So- Kind of like that sinking feeling, like it seemed like it was written kind of early. You know? It was the first one, even though it was like five or six episodes down in terms of production numbers. You know, okay. I think they just come up with the ideas, they they number them, and then they just they write them and they record them, they animate them in no particular order, whichever ones get done air, you know? Okay. Um, yes, that's how all these shows worked. So even though this is the third one in production order, it might have been finished first. Um who knows? Maybe somebody can set me straight with that one. Okay. Um, anyway, so here we go. The story editor is Carter Crocker. We've talked to him about him quite a few times. Mm-hmm. And as far as the writer goes, I want to give our writer a little bit of attention. Because I should have way back when we talked about Darkly Dawn's the Duck. And I didn't. Because um, this episode was written by um, a man named Jan Stranod. And he came up with the story for Darkly Dawn's the Duck alongside of, side of Tad Stone's. But since I wasn't talking about writers and story editors back then, I never mentioned him. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to mention him now. Yeah, Actually, so he's getting his share of love. He's getting his love. Yeah, I want to. Because more so than animation writing, he is much more well-known for writing comic books, science fiction, and horror. So he's more of a pen-to-paper kind of guy than animation. Um, he was actually, you might be surprised to hear this, he was very involved in the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Oh, okay. He wrote Star Wars comics for Dark Horse back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And he's still writing stories. He's doing, he's self-publishing. He's still at it. And um, 
talking a little bit about his TV work, especially for Disney. He wrote um, episodes of Tailspin, Goof Troop. He co-wrote Return of Jafar. Um, he wrote episodes of House of Mouse. And circling back to Darkwing, he's got that story credit on Darkly Dawn's A Duck with Tad. He wrote this one. He wrote The Secret Origins of Darkwing Duck. And along with Tad, he also co-wrote Twin Beaks. Hey, and okay. if you take all those all those episodes, those are really good episodes. Mm-hmm. Like all of them, every single one. And all of them have this kind of like quirky, very like it's a great sense of humor. All these episodes do. And I can totally see his writing. I can see it. If he has a if he has a history of writing comics and Star Wars, especially Secret Origins of Darkwing Duck, which is very comic book inspired, mm-hmm. I totally see it. Okay. So yeah, our writer Jan Strenad, and um, like I said, I love his episodes. Oh yeah, they're good great, ones. Great writer. And as for animation, we have Sun Wu again. Like I said, we have lots of Sun Wu this week of shows. Okay. And yeah, so, so Sun Wu, we already know there's one, maybe two, sometimes <laughs> that'll that'll pop out. You know, and this I, is... I already have one. I think because possibly it was later in the production, it might have been animated later, even though it might have been written earlier, because the Sun Wu animation on the characters is actually really solid. Mm-hmm. Like by a certain point in production, Sun Wu really knew how to draw Darkwing Duck. And I see it in this episode, like the shakiness of those earlier Sun Wu episodes is completely gone in this one. Yeah. Like there's a lot of strong facial expressions. Quacker Jack is drawn really well. And there's just some funny visual moments. So this is actually one of the stronger Sun Wu episodes uh, so far, mm-hmm. I will say. Okay. Nothing too flashy, but I know which scene you're talking about in terms of your favorite scene. It's probably mine, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get there. We'll definitely get there. And um, so, yeah, let's start talking about Days of Blunder. All right. Days of Blunder. We get an announcer starting off talking about he's uh, basically he's announcing announcing. I'm sorry that there's a match of charity and it's between DW and the dreaded mask mangler. Yes. A big mountain of a wrestling duck. Oh, man. He's huge. Before we (laughs) dive into this 100 percent, let's have a quick little discussion. What are your thoughts on wrestling? I was a wrestling fan probably in the 80s. Um, late 80s, uh, I mean, I was into it all, WWF, uh, was it called NWA or WWA, I don't don't know, WWO or something, I can't remember, yeah, (laughs) I was really hardcore into it, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Ric Flair, Sting, Ultimate Warrior, I was all into that, Tito Santana, but then my father ruined it for me by telling me it was a fake, so, yeah, this episode. (laughs) <laughs> so once I learned it was fake, I was probably about eight years old and I was no longer into it. Right. See, I did. I did watch it when I was very young because I had friends who liked it. And back in the 80s, I think everybody, like you, like you, like, like you said, kind of did like wrestling. And all those names, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, I mean, those are iconic wrestling names. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, I can't stand the sport. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't understand the appeal. I get the appeal to kids and teenagers. I don't get the appeal to anybody over 20. Mm. And it's just I don't get it. You know, I'm not much of a sports guy, but I totally get the appeal of most sports, football, baseball, soccer, whatever. Mm. Wrestling, though, 
yeah, it's fake. There's, there's no getting around that. I'm not a fan of it. But yeah, and it's funny. Your dad ruined it for you by saying it was fake. And, <laughs> and <laughs> Goslin ruins it for Launchpad for saying it's fake. Yeah. Horror. But Launchpad's, just a, Launchpad's a big kid. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, let's get back to the match. Um, yep. Yeah, you know, Goss informs uh, LP is fake, you know, and Darkwing goes in for a, a kick. Um, yeah, a lot of great karate sounds from Darkwing. Yeah, he gets tossed around like a rag doll, man, poor Darkwing. <laughs> because it, it, it's, at least in this episode, it's not fake. Yeah, and, and yeah. then he, after he gets uh, tossed around, he's like, hey, it's my turn now, because it's he's be- believing because it's fake, it's time for him to put on a show. Right. Uh, doesn't go too well. He gets turned into a giraffe, a balloon giraffe. Yeah, we get a running <laughs> gag here with um, animal balloons. Mm-hmm. The mangler <laughs> keeps turning other characters into balloon animals, and Darkwing gets turned into a giraffe, and Goslin pops him by accident. <laughs> yeah, but but before she pops him, uh, don't we get um, an entrance from a certain villain? Or was that yes. after? No, no, right now it happens. Yeah, right now it happens, and he comes out and he says, I'm out of here. Don't anybody try to stop me. Oh, my God. All right. Who is this villain? Quacker Jack. And he's voiced by who, Mike? Michael Bell. The legend. The legend, man. Go for it, man. Let's talk a little bit. Yeah, let's talk a bit about Michael Bell. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting the man. You are very lucky in that regard. One day, I hope. Um, (laughs) So Michael Bell was born in 1938. He turned 81 this year, and he's still at it. He's still doing the voice acting game. Yeah, he looks great. Yeah, he's in and, great shape, man. And like many of these old school voice actors, his career started a, a long time ago, mid fifties. Oh wow! And like many, and like many of these, many of these people, he did lots of on-camera work in the fifties and sixties and seventies. Lots of TV shows and all sorts of things. If you name it, he was probably in it in some capacity. Um, his voiceover work started in the early seventies, like most of these guys. And, of course, working for which studio? I bet you can name it. Uh, was it Hanna-Barbera? Of course it was Hanna-Barbera. <laughs> it's always Hanna-Barbera. And it's, of course, it's Scooby-Doo and all stuff like that. And the Smurfs. Who did he voice in the Smurfs? Grouchy. I hate Mike Russo. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Grouchy. Well, he hated everything. <laughs> yeah, Grouchy hated everything and everybody. <laughs> and um, but you know more so than the Hanna Barbera stuff, he's more popular for his '80s work on stuff like GI Joe and Transformers. Oh yeah. As you've mentioned, he gets swamped with fans of those franchises far more than Darkwing Duck. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was on Voltron as well. Just a whole bunch of '80s stuff. Um, his first Disney work was a minor character on Ducktales. You have him on Tailspin. You have him on Goof Troop. Darkwing Duck was his biggest Disney role as Quacker Jack, of course. On DuckTales, yeah. he was that onion guy, wasn't he? In the episode Duckworth's Revolt. Yeah, he was he was pretty, the Mr. Onion or something. Yeah, it's a pretty wild episode. If you if you haven't seen it lately, that one's crazy. I will mention a character he played on Bonkers that's worth checking out. This gives me this gives me just a quick quick second to talk about Bonkers, well, but it's in service bonkers. of Michael Bell. <laughs> but it's in service of Michael Bell, so I'm going to do it. Have you seen the two Have you seen the two part origin story for Bonkers? No. He voices a villain in that one. Oh, really okay. quickly, the villain's called the Collector. It's the reverse of Judge Doom. He's a human pretending to be a tune, mm-hmm. and he has pencils for fingers on one hand and pencil sharpeners for fingers on the other hand. 
And Michael Bell's performance as this villain is amazing. If you have not watched that, watch it just for him. Okay. It's, it's really cool. And um, getting away from getting away from Disney, I think other characters most people know him for would be Drew and Chaz on. Come on, Will. Don't let me down. Drew and Chaz? Talking about the Wonder Rug- Twins? Rugrats. Oh, I don't know why. Oh, my God. I don't know why I screwed that one up. And Bella's <laughs> Chucky's dad. Oh, my so God. He, and he performed on Rugrats for a very long time. Yeah. For the Transformers, guys, he he's Prowl, the ambulance. No, not the ambulance. Uh, the police officer. And he's uh, Swoop. Yeah, the one of the yeah. Dinobots. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? A lot like Welker and Rob Paulson and Jim and a little bit of everything. He's a, he's a legend, man. Um. You know, quick fact that while we're talking Michael Bell and Quacker Jack, um, when I was uh, working with him at GalaxyCon and just chit-chatting with him, uh, I told him I loved his voice as Quacker Jack. I love how he portrayed him, the laughter and everything. And mm-hmm. he said that almost not, almost didn't happen. He said he was going to do um, a Kirk Douglas voice for him, kind of like Megavolt, how Dan Castellaneta did it for Megavolt. I but can't see it coming out of Quackerjack. I can't, I can't see it either. And he said they, they were all in the room. They all got their their characters, and they had to read their lines, and they wanted to hear the voices for their characters. And he said in his head he already had a Kirk Douglas, but Dan Castellaneta uh, got to read first. And he used the voice. And he was like, he was next. So as soon as he finished, he was like, I got to hurry up and think something. And he said the laughter just came out and it just rolled. And I was like, thank God that happened. <laughs> yeah, I can't picture Quacker Jack sounding any other way. Yeah, I, me either, man. So I'm thank you, Dan Castellaneta, for doing that and being the great Megavolt voice that you were. Because I would have never got my favorite villain the way he is now. So. And, and amazingly, all those years later, he got to play Quacker Jack again. Yeah, he sure did. That was that was terrific. I'm so glad he got to do that. I know, right? So, yeah, that's our Michael Bell discussion. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so here comes Quacker Jack. And really quick, we'll do more about it when we actually rank Quacker Jack. But oh, um, I, he... I, loved it. I love the design of this character. Yeah, um, well, we'll, go yeah, yeah, we'll get into that later. Yeah. Okay. So Cracker Jack, he's robbing the box office. Right. Yeah. And uh, DW calls him the terrible, terrible toy master of crime. Right. Mm-hmm. He he sees it because uh, Launchpad spotted it first, correct? Yes. Launchpad yeah. does notice, and you get the impression just the way Launchpad addresses Cracker Jack that he doesn't know who he is. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. does lead me to believe this was written before Toys R Us, because Launchpad should know who he is. Um, so anyway, Quackerjack's got this cool vehicle that we never see again. Yeah, and, I wish it had a name. They never named it, did they? No, it's just a giant roller skate. <laughs> and he has a buddy in this episode we also don't see again. There's no banana brain in this one. We have a, a robot teddy bear. Yeah, he calls him Teddy. Yeah, just Teddy. Mm-hmm. He's a little partner in crime in this one. Yeah, uh, so Darkwing Dark has to tags off to Launchpad. Yeah, for the wrestling match. Right. And Launchpad turns out to be a pretty decent wrestler. Who'd have thought? Yeah, Goth gives him a name, the Hugely Muscled Head Ripper, was it? Yeah, and the <laughs> announcer's like, the Hugely Muscled Head Ripper? Go- <laughs> Goslin loves the idea of people getting their heads ripped open. She's, yeah. she's so disturbed. I love her. And um, so, yeah, Darkwing chases Quackerjack. And it turns out that Quacker Jack wasn't committing a crime at all. 
No, he was stealing his own fake money. Yeah, with his little logo on the money. Yeah, poor Darkwing. He's embarrassed. Everyone's laughing at him. Yeah, the entire stadium is laughing at him. He feels like crap. Poor Darkwing. (laughs) But then, uh, yeah, but then Quacker Jack poses as a fake informant. Yeah, wearing a trench coat and a fedora. There's no way Darkwing should have seen through that disguise. He should be smarter than that. But um, <laughs> that's the theme of this episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Darkwing. Um, so this informant, Quackerjack, shows up as an informant. Tells Darkwing if he wants to beat Quackerjack, he is going to rob a bank with a bomb disguised as a rubber chicken. Yeah, but one thing that kind of caught me, he he named the bank. He said the First National Bank. Does he? Yeah, that's a real bank, ain't it? Well, you know, yeah, I mean, a lot of towns have First National Bank. So it, it's a thing in cartoons. Okay. Sometimes sometimes villains will hit, like, every national bank from the first all the way to the last national bank. It's always it's always a gag. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Quacker Jack's at the bank with his rubber chicken, and nobody there cares. Like, mm-hmm. the woman behind the, the counter is doing her nails. The security yeah. guard doesn't care. And, and Quacker Jack says the, this one... Great line that I love on this episode. Don't anybody try to stop me. He says it uh-huh, again. Nice. <laughs> nice. And Darkwing shows up. And I have my work cut out for me in this episode because there are a ton of variants of I Am the Terror in this episode. Oh, you get a lot of especially even oh, at the end. Yeah, and he, Darkwing isn't the only character who says it. Mm-hmm. Um, his first entrance, since he's in a bank, so it has to be relevant, he says, I am the $10 service charge and all return checks. <laughs> and um so quacker jack pulls out the rubber chicken yeah dw <laughs> like he he like jumps all over it like in the fetal position to protect the the bank and everybody yeah, in there. He, he throws himself on top of it and he 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 lays on top of this chicken for hours um you gotta you don't you, you we don't have um what's his name um tom lockjaw we have um dan gander yeah we didn't get tom lockjaw and that's a reference to dan rather it's mm-hmm. a really obvious one. Darkwing, yeah. Darkwing Duck, <laughs> 10 hours clinging on the chicken, refusing all offers of putting him in a taxi and taking him home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then LP and Goss show up at the bank. Yeah, and Darkwing realizes it's not a bomb and he's been had again. He's all embarrassed once again. Once he again. He has a huge <laughs> crisis of confidence. Yeah, but then Quackerjack uh, appears again, but this time he's uh, not an informant. He's Dr. Leopold Loon. I don't yeah, know how. Dr. Leopold L. Loon. L. Loon, okay. So he's dressed <laughs> as a psychiatrist. Yeah, and I'll get into that. when uh, That that caught me a few years later. It's him, psychiatrist, Quackerjack. Right. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later, though. <laughs> and uh, once again, this is a disguise Darkwing should be able to see through. Goslin looks suspicious. Yeah. I'll give her that. There's a there's a shot where she looks him up and down like, huh. Mm-hmm. Right, right and, now, uh, Darkwing's so broken, he'll accept any help from anybody right now. Yeah, so he gives him his business card and offers him a session. Yep. And we meet another character in this episode, a one-shot character named Mr. Meekers, mm-hmm. who I'm going to say I don't know who voiced him. Um, David Prince and Neil Ross are listed in the credits, but um, I don't know who they're voicing, and IMDb has been no help. So I'm not sure who voices Mr. Meekers or the wrestling announcer from earlier. Mm-hmm. So that kind of stinks because I want to know who voiced him. He's got this droopy dog kind of quality to him. He's kind of pathetic, you know. <laughs> and him and Darkwing are there getting psychoanalyzed. Yeah. And um, Quacker Jack gives him a questionnaire. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I love Meeker's questions. He gets in a fight with a coworker. Does he A, punch him in the nose? Does he B, tell the boss? Or does he C, hide under the desk and hope the whole thing blows over? Which one does he pick? <laughs> oh, he picks C. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah, him and Darkwing are complete opposites. So Quacker Jack knew what he was doing here. No, absolutely. And yeah. even when they do their uh, inkblot tests, mm-hmm. Darkwing sees a pair of powerful protagonists fighting over the fate of the universe, and <laughs> Meeker sees two swans dancing. Yeah. But so, then Quacker Jack hypnotizes them. Yeah, it's hypnotism time. Mm-hmm. And the faces on Darkwing and Meeker as they're getting hypnotized. Again, great Sun Wu drawings here. They yeah. don't screw it up. I'm glad. And um, did you notice who prehistoric Darkwing sounds like? No, who? It's it's Jim. It sounds like the Tasmanian Devil. Oh. That is exactly the same voice. Oh, okay. And he's doing an I Am the Terror in Caveman Grunts. Mm-hmm. But he's, that was the. Uh, you don't know what he's saying, but it's funny. And it was the Mangler that was there in the in the primitive time, right? Yes, the Mangler is also a caveman, and Meekers is there too. Yeah, and he he gets he gets ta- he gets tossed around like a rag doll again, man. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, Darkwing's uh. What does the mangler say? Do you realize um, your primitive uh, communication skills doom you to extinction? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so he the, wakes the quack, Quackerjack wakes them up and hands them their results of what their ideal job would be. And if you notice, he crosses his arms and hands them different different folders. Yeah. Dark he goes, to, is he goes a- to hand the right ones and then crosses his arms. Mm-hmm. And he gives Darkwing the one that says he's going to be a teapot. He should be a teapot server. And Meekers gets the one that says he should be a vigilante. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, um, oh, this is, I think, unless I missed something. I mean, we're a whole bunch of episodes in. I think this might be the very first time Darkwing goes, yep, 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 yep. <sighs> yeah. I think, I think it's the first time he does it. Mm-hmm. Because I haven't heard it yet. It's going to be I haven't heard it yet. It's he going to be a lot. I think he says a lot in the episode. It's <laughs> one of those Jim things. I guarantee it's something he did once, and then Jimmy McSwain said, Jim, that was awesome. Do it again. Yeah. Because um, he does it all the time. He does it a second time in this episode, too. Yeah. We finally get a Drake. We do get Drake. Drake shows up. Nice finally to see Drake. Drake later in an episode for once. We get so many lately where it's Drake first and then Darkwing. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Turns out Launchpad's going back to wrestle again. Oh man! And, and did you hear the what the reward was for losing? <laughs> yeah, five dollars and a hippo burger from Hamburger yeah. Hippo. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we gotta mention, um, Darkwing's decided to quit crime fighting. Yeah, he, throws he throws his, his... costume in the trash. Mm-hmm. And um, I like the editing because you see a really quick bit with Quacker Jack going back to the box office. Yeah, he's planning to rob it because. He, he was only playing it. last time he said. Yeah, and he wanted to buy the toy he always wanted. <laughs> right. The editing job here is really clever. Mm-hmm. He mentions, he says he's going to rob the box office safe of, and then it cuts to Goslin saying mm-hmm. $10 million because that's the prize. Yeah. Launchpad wins. The editing's great in this episode. It really is. Yeah. Um, and one thing I noticed about Drake, every time he quits crime fighting. His instinct is to start wearing frilly aprons or dorky bow ties and to become like a stay-at-home mom, basically. <laughs> and I feel like he needs Darkwing so much to preserve his masculinity because every time he gives it up, he gets so frilly. Mm-hmm. 
Like here, he's wearing a pink apron and he's he's doing the dishes. <laughs> because that yeah. night he's gonna be um, pouring tea at the Lace and Doily Society. Yeah, but then we get a cutscene and it goes to Launchpad. Um, he's wrestling the rematch and it's not going so well, Mike. Because he's wrestling a snake. Yeah, the snake's tearing him up, and the mangler's just in the background hanging out. He, yeah, he can't do the pinky lock. That's his signature move because snakes don't have pinkies. <laughs> so Goslin wonders how uh, Drake's doing on his first day of work, and um, yeah, Drake's not doing too good. Um, so again, it's the Lace, Lace and Doily Society. Mm-hmm. We get an entrance, but it's not as Darkwing. Yeah, I'm just going to read the whole thing. Okay, go for it's, it. I am the kettle that whistles in the night. I am a little teacup. With a teeny weeny hole in the handle that you can never quite get your finger in. I am <laughs> Teapot Duck. It's so lame. He's wearing a giant teapot. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of the Beauty and the Beast one. <laughs> Mrs. Potts. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's he's bad at this. Uh, he can't get the giant teapot to work, and he's squirting tea all over everybody. Yeah. What, what were they doing in there? They were, like, reading poetry, poetry and stuff. Poetry right? readings, yeah. Yeah, and they yeah. put him to sleep. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's like it's like Emily Dickinson. I mean, she calls it Emily Duckinson, yeah. but it's obviously that's who it's supposed to be. But everyone's falling asleep because the poems are boring. But he's flooding the place with tea, yeah. and he loses his job. Yeah, and then it cuts to Quacker Jack. Yeah, Quacker Jack is robbing the box office because he he says his plan is to buy the ultimate toy that will help him rob more safes. Yep, and then we get a new hero. We got a new hero. It is Meekers as the Lavender Wrist, wrist Slapper. He's, <laughs> I am the terrier that nips at your shoelaces. I am the Lavender Wrist Slapper. And he even he has the gas gun, too. He says, um, grab Sky, bad guy. Yeah, he even tells him. Doesn't, doesn't he tell him to suck gas, he would do her? No, he says, grab Sky, bad guy. Okay. And, uh, and uh, but, but Cracker Jack loves that gas he shot. <laughs> he loves it. It's laughing gas. Yeah, laughing gas. He even tells him, I love laughing gas. He's like, I love this stuff. <laughs> we get, I think one of the first times you get a real long Michael Bell Quacker Jack laugh. Yeah, it was going on for a couple seconds, like, man. One of those laughs that's just right from the gut. <laughs> and he's, he's good at that. Mm-hmm. And um, he tells Meeker he has to fire his tailor. And Meeker says <laughs> he found the costume at the county landfill. I love Quacker Jack's line. I always shop for new clothes when I'm down in the dumps. <laughs> but then he gets rid of Meekers, tosses him aside. He's barely a threat. Yeah. And then um and then says um you know Teddy, let's get the goods before any more idiots show up. <laughs> who should walk in? <laughs> yeah. Lawrence Pat and Goslin. Yep. And um I you know what in this episode and a little bit in Toys R Us, Quacker Jack's not playing around. Like in this one, he's out for blood. And he's treated a little bit more dangerously than he later would, I think. Because yeah. Goslin walks in and sees him with the pistol. Like, we don't know it's a joke pistol with a boxing glove on it. Yeah. So he looks dangerous with that thing. He looked very dangerous. But but LP didn't show up for that. He wanted his Hippo Burger coupon. Yeah, because he lost, but he's losing with honor. He just, yeah. wants, <laughs> he just wants his burger. Yeah. And, um, you know, Launchpad actually you know threatens him a little bit. Launchpad gets in his face. Mm-hmm. And Quacker Jack knocks him out with the boxing glove. Yeah, and then and, uh, Quacker Jack and Teddy, they kidnap Goslin. Yeah, but I love this bit with Goslin. Launchpad's in a daze, and Goslin goes, You aren't going to take that lying down, aren't you, Launchpad? And she slaps him in the butt, and he passes out. And she goes, <laughs> Oh, guess you are. <laughs> 
And um, somebody shows up again, Mike. Another Meekers the... tries one more time to stop them, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the flamethrower in the gas gun throws him into the wall, and he just gives up. And Quackerjack's got Goslin in his giant roller skate, and Quackerjack's gone. Yeah, and then we go back to Drake. He's playing the harmonica. Yeah. The, there's a, the way they cut on this one. You were right. The editing was really good on this one. I do like the back and forth between how bad Drake's doing at the Lace and Doily to uh, Meeker's getting his butt kicked. There's yeah. some good editing there. Mm-hmm. And you're right. You know, this episode flows very well. It's very well written and edited. Um, yeah. So Darkwing, he's done this before. When he's when he's down on his luck, he always pulls out the harmonica. He did that in Duck Blind, too. Yeah. And but, now uh, here's something that they okay, wouldn't do now. Meeker's tries to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. That's, um... That's pretty dark. Yeah. How often do you see that in cartoons like this? Yeah, it was really strange to see that. Um, I mean, I get why they were doing it because they had to put uh, Meekers with uh, Drake, you yeah. know, to, to, to swap them back. But uh, Mike, this is the I'm, I'm gonna change the subject just really quick. This is the scene where the animation was. I was really impressed. This oh is yeah. The scene. Yeah, this Go is on. it when the with, with the star scene and the bridge and. Um, the the lightning that happens when when uh, Drake gets the costume back. This yeah, whole this this whole sequence was when I was really impressed with the yeah, animation. He's, he's trying to talk Meekers out of killing himself by um, just just telling them you know you should I forget the whole speech because it's it's this long speech from Drake mm-hmm. about you know filling up your eyes with those stars you know um, you have to be there when fate rings and by doing that he gets his confidence back. Yeah, it was one of those things where you you give a good speech and then you realize you need to take your own advice. That's very well said, Will. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the rope gets stuck to his ankle and Drake gets pulled <laughs> into the bay. Yeah. And Launchpad saves him in the nick of time. And, um, yeah, Meeker's head's off. We don't see Meeker's again. He picks up the teapot and says he'll try to get that job at the Lace and Doily Society, which he probably will be pretty good at. Yeah, Darkwing so, gets the, gu- the gas gun back. Yeah, and then my favorite shot in the episode where he's uh, his shadows against the uh, the bridge with the lightning. Yeah, it's a really well done shot when he says yeah, Darkwing Duck is back, and it's like yeah. really well done. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That that whole sequence on the bridge, I I love the whole animation for it, man. It was it was awesome, dude. Even the rope hat was so detailed. Everything. Yeah, good angles, good lighting. I love the shot of the sky with the stars. Mm-hmm. Again, this is coming at a point where Sun Wu's got its act together. Yeah. And you see it with the character drawings, with the layouts, with everything is Sun Wu's kind of nailing it at this point. And that continues into the next two episodes we're doing. Mm-hmm. So we're going to we're getting some good Sun Wu. This one's actually really strong visually for Sun Wu. <laughs> and now we see what the ultimate toy is. Terror Teddy shows up. And I love the reveal. You see the city street and the giant teddy bear walks around the corner like a Godzilla movie. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Cracker Jack's controlling it. And that's when he says, uh, if you got $10 million in your checking account, you can have any toy you want. He yeah. sings it, but I'm not going to sing it. Um, <laughs> so Darkwing comes to the rescue. He shows up, but he gets eaten by Terror Teddy. But he always carries a hydraulic jack with him. I know, you know? right? Just like he always carries a giant, you know, giant hedge trimmers when he's against Bushroot. He always has exactly what he needs. And he crawls no. up the te- he crawls up the teddy bear's nose. Actually, mm-hmm. that's how he gets into the head. Now, Mike, did you notice a reference that Goslin makes in here in, in, on this scene? 
Yeah, when um, Quacker Jack six the little teddy on her, she tells him to call off Winnie the Ghoul. <laughs> Obviously, that's Winnie the Pooh, that, that reference. <laughs> yeah, Disney poking fun at their own character. Mm-hmm. Um, so Darkwing shows up again and gets to get another entrance. Yeah, this is I, his third one now, right? A ton of these things in this one. Um, he says, I am the widget missing from the easy-to-assemble swing set. <laughs> Mm, yep. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's true. I think most swing sets are pretty impossible to put together. I know we had one as a kid, um, but Darkwing blows up Teddy. Little Teddy first, right? Little Teddy. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you know the big one's disabled now that he's inside of it. Yeah. And um, so Quackerjack takes the pistol again and sucks up the gas gun. And great line from Quackerjack. He says, "Without your weapons to hide behind, you're just a duck whose mother dresses him funny." that line always stood out to me yeah and so darkwing hypnotizes quacker jack and he sends him to his primitive past and the big primitive mask mangler turns him into an inflatable triceratops (laughs) all right mike i'm gonna let you take away this ending because you're about to have fun with this part go for it right so quacker jack's um hypnotized in the back of the thunder quack and darkwing's happy to be back and he does another yep 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 and then he starts a run of I Am the Terror lines. This is how the episode closes. Um, the first one is, I am the ingrown toenail in the foot of crime. And then he goes, I am the zit that forms when you've got a really big date. And Goslin's already done with him. And he starts to say, <laughs> I am the impacted wisdom tooth. And she stops him. And just <laughs> as we're fading out, you hear one more, I am. And then we fade out and the episode's over. So... We get three of them here. We get the, the swing set one. We get the service charge. We get the teapot one. And we get Mr. Meekers doing the um, the Terry that nips the shoelaces. So I think this one sets a record <laughs> for how <laughs> many times anybody does an I am the terror thing. Oh, and the, the, uh, the primitive one that you can't hear. Yeah, the primitive one. That's right. So, so that's- wow. Yeah, Jan Stranod had a lot of fun writing these things for this episode. <laughs> this, is, this is what I mean. This episode is deep enough in production. They're having fun. They're like almost having meta fun with the mm-hmm. Darkwing stuff. Oh, yeah. Between that and the yep, yep, yeps, and like the karate sounds at the beginning, this is like Darkwing is like there. This is the Darkwing we love. And then like you bring Michael Bell on board with it, man. Woo. Like, like, like <laughs> Goslin is functional. She's a hostage, but she's still functional. Launchpad gets a great side plot. And, of course, you got Quacker Jack. And even Sun Wu's not phoning it in. Mm-hmm. This is a good one. All like, right. Like, the earlier ones, like, You Spite Your Life was eh, and Hush Hush Sweet Charlatan was eh. But this one, like, this is a great Sun Wu episode. And as great as it is, it's just a primer for the next two we're going to do. I'm clapping, Mike. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> that you like this one like that. Yes. It's, 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 it, <laughs> It's a good one to keep going back to. It's just funny enough. It's a really well done show. It's not Quacker Jack's finest hour. No, it definitely it's not because the character is still but not all there. But yeah. it works. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't have minded seeing Banana Brain, but you know we're getting them soon. Yeah. And um, it's a great episode. Like it really is. Um, all right. Oh my! I, I I'm, I'm, I'm curious now to hear how many uh, gas gun canisters you're gonna give this episode. I'm, I'm really curious. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, no problem. Let's, okay, so let's rate it. I am going to give it – I'm going to give it three and a half. Okay. It's not as high as – I don't know if it's as high as you were expecting, but that's still way above average. 
mm-hmm. was three and a half because it's higher than most Sunwoo episodes that I'd rate. But again, it's not the best Quacker Jack episode. I don't want to rate it too high because there are better ones with him. Okay. You know, not just his solo episodes, the ones he's in with Megavolt are stronger than this. And you have all his appearances with the Fearsome Five to take into account as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so three and a half, it's one of the better Sunwoo episodes. And I like it a lot. But okay. is, is, is it in my top 10? No. Okay. Or it's really good. It's worth going back to. How about okay. you? All right. All right. Uh, this episode, as we said earlier, is not one of my favorite Quacker Jacks. It's, it's in the middle ballpark. Right. Okay. I. It's hard for me to give it a three and a half because I love Quacker Jack so much. I love the editing on this one. I love Darkwing on this one. I love Launchpad so much in this one with the with the wrestling, the pinky jokes, you know, um, right. the the pinky lock and the Hippo Burger. I love how they always bring the Hippo Burger into him. Michael and the, Bell's uh, and oh, and that running joke with the balloon animals. They keep yeah. going back to it. They close the episode with it and begin the episode with it. Smart writing. Seeing Quacker Jack as the informant, as um, Dr. Leopold L. Loon, uh, seeing him as Quacker Jack, seeing him doing the hypnotized voice when he was hypnotizing, and then seeing Jim Cummings do the same thing. You is mm-hmm. getting sleepy, Quacker Jack. <laughs> <laughs> this episode, man, for me, is just, it's really good. I love it. It, it, it. It's not a perfect five. I gotta save those on some of the Quacker Jack ones. I gotta save them. So I'm gonna go a little higher than you, and I'm gonna go four. Okay. Okay, um, I know maybe my biasness jumped it a half a score over yours. I'm okay was, with that. I'm okay with that. I was close that. to going for, mm-hmm. but then I remember how good some other Quacker Jack episodes actually are. <laughs> so I couldn't. I backed off. Okay. All right. Now we got to go into the villain. <laughs> Let's talk about Quacker Jack. Yeah, we got to go in to talk about Quacker Jack. Um, I want you to go first. Say something for yeah, me, it's please. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Um, because we haven't had a big villain like this to talk about mm-hmm. in a while. Um, boy, next episode, we're going to have another one to go talk about too. Jeez. This one's going to be hard, man. Next I don't know how we're going to be a long one. You guys better either have a long commute or put aside some time to, that night. Cause we're going <laughs> to be going for a while with the next one. But anyway, Quacker Jack, mm-hmm. he's, he's top tier. I want to say that he's top tier, yes. but he doesn't buy a hair. He doesn't quite get to Megavolt. And I'm not saying that out of bias. It's just that <laughs> Megavolt's so iconic and he's so well-known mm-hmm. that you can't quite... If Quacker Jack had been, like, one of the earliest villains, I think it would be no contest. Uh-huh. But he's just, just under Megavolt. But he's still a fantastic character. Like, the design is so perfect. Okay. Like... I, I love the way he's drawn. Just the just the jester hat and the collar and the, the the big poofy pants and the big beak. Like he's so deranged. The big beak with the buck teeth, those tiny eyes. He's such a great design. Uh-huh. And his shtick with the toys. Okay, There's okay. So wait, 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 wait. Save, you gotta save me some. You gotta save me some. I man. am. You can you, you can <laughs> say you can and, and you know what? And I'll I'll save that for you. And Bell's voice acting for the character. He Mm-hmm. He has different voices depending on how Quacker Jack is being played. He can be fun and friendly and actually pretty pleasant, or mm-hmm. he can be dark. Like he he's he has a range. Mm-hmm. And what's your what's I, your score? What's your score? Quacker Jack, I'm gonna give him a five. Yes! 
He may not get. He's, he, like I said he's a hair under Megavolt, but not low enough to drop him anything lower than a five. And you know what? I'm not disappointed one bit with your score. I love it because going into this, me and you had our, these conversation, and I knew up front you was a Megavolt guy. You're a Negaduck guy, right? But I, I I still love that you gave my boy his love. I, I love that. Okay. Yeah, of course. I do, man. All right. Before <laughs> you get started, can I can I just say one thing? Go for Why it. Why do we have no Quacker Jack merchandise? I've said it before. I've said it again. Why do we have no, like, ever? There has never, ever been Quacker Jack merchandise. Well, Somebody fact, needs to fix that. Well, quick fact about that. Um, you know the, you know those prototypes that we all seen the photos of, of the second right. uh, wave? Michael Bell told me he has the prototype of the, the Quacker Jack, and he said it's like 10 foot feet tall, to his prototype. And he says, unfortunately, though, his isn't painted. It's all white because Somebody, it's a prototype. There's somebody, I think, on the Darkwing Forever group who collects the prototypes. Mm-hmm. He has a painted Quacker Jack. Oh, wow. Yeah. He has all the, he has Morgana, Gizmo Duck, all of them. Oh, wow. And I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah. He does, have a, he does have a painted prototype. It's a shame. I think the Funko action figures are dead because that would have been a perfect way to get him. But mm-hmm. really, enough stalling from me. Go talk about your boy. All right, man. Mike. All right, I'm just gonna give you my score. I'm uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna score our normal rating scale. I'm gonna push. I'm breaking the rules here, and I'm I don't care. Okay. You know, I don't care, and I'm gonna give him a six. <laughs> <That's> listeners, how... <laughs> listeners, you guys saw that coming, right? <laughs> yeah, of course, man. I love Quacker Jack. Michael Bell as Quacker Jack is just phenomenal. Hearing him do the doctor's voice and I can't say some of the other characters that we're going to get into later. Doing their voices and stuff like that and, and his laughter for it is just so perfect. Um, I know you gave me this information a while back saying that he was not um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He was not inspired uh, by inspired by the Joker. But yeah, he, that, that's coming right from Tad. Yeah, he comes off so much like the Joker, though. And the Joker is just easily my favorite DC villain. So right. when you get that, you get a like he's a gesture. Um, and, and Quacker Jack, he's no punk either. You know, he doesn't have no superpowers, but he does backflips in some of these episodes. He's very acrobatic. Wait, wait, wait. Back up, back up. It's going to be okay. a very long time before we get there. He does have a superpower. Okay, okay. Yeah, you're his, right. His, come on, his wackiness. <laughs> okay. But, you know... Um, <laughs> You know, and, and for me, being in the 90s kid and, you know, the toys, you know, that right. he ran a toy company and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I start thinking of Toys R Us, KB Toy Store, Babbage's. Mm-hmm. I start thinking right. of all this stuff from my 90s, you know, put away what we know now. You know, I'm thinking of what I was back then as a 10, 11 year old kid. And this just just blew my mind. And then we get back to the psychiatrist part. Now, Mike, I've always wondered this. Did Harley Quinn get inspired by Quacker Jack being the psychiatrist, being the jokester, prankster that he is, you know? You never know. Um, I mean, yeah, Harley Quinn was the following year, right? Mm-hmm. And she was created specifically for that show. You never know. I mean, Alan Burnett worked on, he came up with the name Darkwing Duck and he worked on the animated series. And I'm sure people at Disney knew what people at Warner's were doing. Hey, it's, possible or it could just be a huge coincidence yeah um, you know she had that 
you know, obviously she starts off as Dr. Harleen Quinzel. Quinzel, yeah. Yeah, but once she becomes um, Harley Quinn, she has that jester look as well, you know? Yeah, since we'll probably never mention her again, or I'm not sure if we ever will, can I just say that I adore Harley Quinn, but the the Bruce Timm version, specifically the animated series version of Harley Quinn, voiced by Arlene Sorkin, Mm -hmm. I love that character. Mm -hmm. I'm never having a chance to say it, so I'm saying it now. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, and, I, I I take my moments when I get them. Yeah, but Quacker Jack, he he just stands out to me, Mike. You know, you got Megavolt, you got Megavolt. He's messing with the electrical. You got Liquidator, who's water. Negaduck, uh, that's uh, a Negaduck. Negaduck, he <laughs> Negaduck doesn't play around. He's he's no joke. No. But Quacker Jack, he brings a sense of humor to it that I just love, man. And it just his laughter, everything, it just cracks me up. All his 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 catchphrases, all his lines, don't anybody stop me. Like, the, I don't know how Michael Bell can come up with that, you know? Yeah. It, it's, just, um, it's just crazy, man. Did you know that if Tad Stones has gotten his way, mm-hmm. Quacker Jack would have been a much darker character? Oh, wow. That was the original intent, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's a kid's show. Um, I You can see that. When was the last time you read the newer comics? Oh, no, it's been a while, man. Because he's much darker in those. Mm-hmm. So I think they um, they wanted to do Tad Proud with those. Um, he's, like, he's like in charge. Like, in the comics, when Negaduck isn't around, Quacker Jack's the one who's in charge. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if you have – go back to the comics sometime. I think you'll be really happy with how they treat Quacker Jack. Yeah, the, um, the, la- the last thing I'm going to say about Cracker Jack, because I, I want to save some for Paddywhack, Banana Brain, all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah, of course. You know? of course. Back to what you said with his design, sometimes you look at it and you can see the humor in it, but sometimes it does come off kind of scary, you know? But yeah, it's true. Cracker Jack has a few moments throughout the series where he gets super dangerous. And mm-hmm. what I love about Cracker Jack, and I'll probably mention it a few times, more so than Megavolt. He is extremely childlike, mm-hmm. and he can be childish, but he has a tendency to get super serious and has attempted on several occasions to outright murder Goslin. Like, <laughs> Megavolt's never done that. Quackerjack has attempted murder of children. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who wants kids to buy his toys, but he also has no problem killing children when he gets mad. Oh, yeah. And it makes him unsettling sometimes. Mm-hmm. They they backed off on it later in the series. This made him straight out goofy. But in the earlier episodes, he's incredibly dangerous. Oh, yeah. And it makes him just fascinating. It really does. All right. Well, I, I feel good. I got a, a little bit of my Cracker Jack rant. You know, I'll have some more, you know, and... I'll have some, you know, yeah. Well, the okay. next two episodes have a minute, so we have plenty of Quacker Jack. Oh, yeah. But I, yeah, but, I, you know, those, I don't know how we're going to do those episodes because we got to talk about heroes. We got to talk about villains. It'll uh, work itself out. Yeah, man. So I get Mike, go ahead and let them know what's next. Boy, Just Us, Justice Ducks, part one. Part one. <laughs> Just part one, and we already know it's going to be rough. Yeah. <laughs> I... I'll say it again next time. Like, I feel like with Darkwing Duck, you can split the syndicated episodes into two groups. 
everything that came before Justice Ducks and everything that became after. That's how big a landmark episode these two episodes are. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot to talk about. A lot. So I should say no more. Yeah, Catch we... us next week for a lot of Justice Ducks discussion. Yeah, I think next week, no pre-talk. We got to just jump right into it, huh? Absolutely. All right. So, uh, Mike, where can they listen to us at, man? Um, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Apple devices, over at YouTube, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Oh, wow, man. You on it now, man. <laughs> yeah. Now I know what I wrote, so. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, um, you know, and we got Instagram. We got Facebook. You know, go check us out on those, too as usual yeah and uh mike i want to give a shout out man i want to give a shout out to a young kid who's been uh messaging us on gmail man awesome uh, yeah his name is andrew wallace shout out andrew hi andrew yeah man andrew's told me he's been trying to get some of his buddies to uh, in school to check out our podcast he said he's got his dad following us on facebook because he doesn't have a facebook yet uh but yeah definitely man uh, check us out on instagram guys i appreciate all the love we've been getting on instagram as well man can I, I want to say one thing. I know by the time this episode drops, it's going to be early January. We're recording this in early December. But I just want to say just publicly, I want to say rest in peace to Carol Spinney, who passed, oh, away, yeah. who passed away today, which we're recording on December 8th. See how far, see how far ahead we are. But he just passed away today. And I just want to publicly um, say rest in peace. You know, give my condolences to his wife, who I've met. Um, and just, we lost a legend today, you know, just wanted yeah. to say it. It's been on my mind all day. So, oh, one last thing, Mike, well, somebody's birthday was this week too. I saw you post about it. Oh, Walt Disney. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so we're, for, we're forever dating this episode. Yeah, man. We're forever dating it, but that's yeah. okay. You yeah. know what? The thing, the things we do for you guys to get episodes out every single Monday. I know. Right. Yep. <laughs> and you yeah. know what? We've heard a lot. We've heard a lot from a lot of you guys who say they really look forward to it, listening to, on their way to work. Because I do that too. We record them, but I look forward to Monday so I can listen to them again. And a lot of people have said it, it makes their week and they really look forward to it. So we love that support, guys. And just so you know, no one can outscore Quacker Jack. That's just the way it's going to be. That's uh, the rules. We, we got you someone know. coming up next week. <laughs> All right. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap this up one, uh, wrap this one up, and you guys stay dangerous. Yep, have some playtime on us, guys. All right. <laughs> Don't anybody try to stop me! <laughs> <laughs>